0: From Nevin to Nayland for Pembrokeshire. From Pembrokeshire, this is Pure West Radio. Pure West Radio News.
1: I am Charlie James and here's the latest for Pembrokeshire. Five new cases of the coronavirus have been recorded in Hewildar Health Board area yesterday. Public Health Wales data shows there were four new cases in Carmarthenshire, one in Pembrokeshire and none in Ceredigion. Across Wales, 30 new cases were confirmed with no new COVID-19 deaths reported. The total number of cases across the three counties is 16,117. That's 10,829 in Carmarthenshire, 3,498 in Bembryshire and 1,790 in Herefordshire. In Hewildar, 386,457 vaccinations have been administered up until May 26th, with 21,293 in the last seven days. The Army Cadet Force has announced that it's recruiting Pembrokeshire youngsters aged between 12 and 17 to join up, as well as looking for adult volunteers. With the latest easing of lockdown restrictions, the Army Cadets are now meeting face-to-face and want more young people to join. Throughout West Wales, detachments can be found in Fishguard, Haverford West, Narbath, Temby, Milford Haven, Nayland, Pembroke Dock, Temby and St Clair's. The Cadets meet on Mondays and Thursdays between 7 and 9pm every week, all uniform except for the boots is supplied and there is a joining fee of £20. The ACF is also on the lookout for adult volunteers to help deliver a range of activities with both uniformed and non-uniformed roles available. Wendy Abbott, detachment commander of the local army cadet, said becoming an army cadet has a range of benefits, the most obvious being that young people get to take part in loads of exciting and challenging activities such as military skills training, outdoor pursuits, first aid, music and sports. To be eligible, the young person will need to be aged between 12 and 18 and have started year 8. As an inclusive organisation, there are no entry criteria for abilities. There are no weekly subscriptions and our residential activities are heavily subsidised especially for those in receipt of free school meals. If you know of a young person who wants to aim higher, feel more confident and get a head start in their future, get them to join the Army Cadets, available at armycadets.com. David Powis is investigating the sudden death of a 27-year-old man found in Law Street in Pembroke Dock at around 3am on a Saturday, May 29th. Two men have been arrested in connection with his death and remain in police custody at this time. Detective Chief Inspector Jonathan Reese said, We appreciate the large police presence would have caused disruption and concern for the community, and we thank them for their support and understanding at this difficult time. Anyone with information that could help officers in their investigation is asked to call the police, quoting reference DP 202 105 29054. You can email them on 101 at david-powers.pnn.police.uk or by calling 101 more complaints have been raised over unjust fines being issued at a controversial car park in clan granog it follows numerous reports that motorists were receiving fines because the ticket machine did not work others have reported they didn't have a phone or 4G signal to pay the charge via the app the privately owned car park has made national headlines in recent years for issuing 100 pound fines it's managed by one parking solutions limited and owned by Swansea businessman anthony Ramsey Williams many locals say that that they fear the fines could make the popular seaside village a no-go zone retired barrister sarah powell has urged the public to contest the fines if they are considered unjust i'm charlie james and that's the latest for pembrokeshire
0: you can listen to pure west radio anywhere in the kitchen in the bar, in the garden
2: Well, a very good evening and I hope you've had a great bank holiday weekend in the sunshine. We are live right now on the Pure West Radio Facebook page and ready for the second half on Pure West Sport, where we will reflect on a heartbreaking weekend for Swansea City in the championship playoff and also look back on Chelsea winning the Champions League in Portugal, beating Manchester City and disappointment as well in the football for Newport County this afternoon as they went down 1-0 against Morecambe in the League 2 playoff. Our guests tonight on the show are Mickey Phillips, who will talk local football and cricket, and Cresseli Batsman, Alex Bailey, who hit 167 runs on Saturday in a big win for his side will talk us through that innings and we'll also look at some of the other headlines from the Pembrokeshire Cricket League at the weekend. You can get involved as ever on the Pure West Radio Facebook page and hashtag Pure West Sport on social media. Uh, Bill should be with us soon in in the meantime, Fraser Watson, how are you?
3: I had better weekend Ben, for obvious reasons. I was quite despondent since Saturday, actually. I, I left it feeling not so much as a journalist, more as a fan, just bitterly disappointed and deflated. I'll be honest. I think we all accepted Brentford. were favourites um, going in at the Swansea's main two chances. We were to keep things tight. You know, to stifle them uh, defensively and to not concede an early goal in those first 20 minutes, which just all from a Swansea point of view, your worst fears come true, weren't they? The early goal for Brentford, mm-hmm. and then to leave aside that potent going forward, that much space on the counter. And I, I'm concerned, Ben, you know, people do point to one's the overachieving and being in that player final, perhaps that's true. But I think I said at the time, I think it was a crossroads day for our club on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Three players on loan that now coming to an end, two out of contract going to leave, a manager who still hasn't got a lot of money to work with being invariably linked elsewhere. So I fear for next season, at the moment, I thought it was, it was a disappointing day all around.
2: Yeah, we'll address some of those points in, in just a sec, actually. Sure. And Steve Cooper's future, I think, is the big one uh, that that we'll need addressing pretty quickly. Gordon Thomas, I bet you've been enjoying the sunshine despite that disappointing result for Swansea.
4: Yeah, it's, summer has arrived this weekend, Ben, and I've made the most of it, to be honest with you. I was out on Saturday afternoon watching a bit of cricket at Lampy, uh, Pembroke and uh, Hook. I did a, a few jaunts around the county and uh, thoroughly enjoyed my afternoon. Uh, very disappointed for the Swans. Uh, they are my Welsh team, number one uh, team. They are. Uh, it's just, as Fraser just pointed out, it's going to be difficult for next season now, which he's just pointed out. So, we'll just have to wait and
2: see what happens yeah we're going to come to the cricket uh, Gordon before the end of the show and and we'll be joined by Alex Bailey who who scored that really impressive score for Criselli but just with, with the good weather it must have been nice just to be able to get out and about and not have to worry about taking an umbrella or rain stopping play as the weekend went on
4: yeah, I actually wore a pair of shorts. Uh, I was expecting the rain clouds to come out straight away, but they didn't. Uh, yeah, I went to Lamby and uh, I was watching my old mate Howell Gibbs bowling there. He actually took a wicket while I was there as well. Well done, Gibbsy, and it was his birthday. I don't want to make a, a big <laughs> fuss of it, because he, he don't like his birthday coming around, because he's <laughs> only about 58 now, I think, Gibbsy. So, uh, and then I went to Pembroke, and I saw young uh, Toby... Um, uh, what's his name Toby 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 Poole. what's his name that, no, not Toby Poole, the brothers. Oh,
3: Heyman, the brothers. Heyman, Heyman brothers. Heyman, yeah.
4: Toby Heyman was in fine fettle at uh, Traleet against Pembroke. Um, he had a good knock the previous week, but he, he had another 60 on uh, Saturday, and his brother as well, he had 50 odd. And uh, uh, Burton had a good win at Pembroke, to be fair. And then I went to Hook, who were in all sorts of bother. They were all out for 58. Against yeah. uh, Kiru Seconds and uh, Kiru Seconds knocked it off quite cheaply, so it was a good day for them, but not a good day for Hope.
2: Well, we will look uh, at so some that of was the... mainly in Division Two. I was covering on Saturday, yeah. Ben. We'll look at some of the scores um, in in the final part of the show because there were some interesting ones. There were some really high scoring matches and also one or two low scoring matches across the county. So that's to come. Uh, back to Swansea though, um, Fraser and Newport County as well, who lost one nil to a controversial penalty. Uh, wh- where do you think Swansea... Swansea... Swansea go from here. Uh, Wilfrid Bonney has has said on social media, understands the disappointment, but he thinks Swansea can go again next season. I think that's going to be a big ask for many reasons. And and you said with, with the lone players going back and uncertainty about Cooper's future, it's going to be tough, isn't it, to go again and challenge.
3: It, it, it's impossible to say with any certainty that your challenge again last season, but there's still so much ambiguity over what the squad is going to look like. You know, Andre Ayu who has been so pivotal this season, is now going. Wayne Routledge, been stalwart over the last decade, out of contract sideway to finish for him. Freddie Woodman, key player, his loan deal's coming to an end. The same to Mark Dwayne, one of our one few performers <laughs> actually did stand out and stand out to be counted on Saturday. He goes as well, as is Conor Hurahan. You know, yeah. so it, it's impossible to say with well, any to Swansea, you'd be straight back up when you look at the makeup of a team which could be five or six of the regular starters different. You know, there is enough there in terms of the young players they do have for Steve Keeper to work with and, and for a solid basis for competing. But a lot will depend now on the financial situation this summer and who can be brought in and, and who can be kept as well. Should ask you, Fraser, you've been to
2: many of the games covering them and Mm -hmm. reporting them, so you've heard plenty of of what Steve Cooper's had to say. How confident are you this evening that he'll be the Swansea City manager uh, on
3: the opening day? Um, I I do believe he will, Ben. I think because there has been criticism of Swansea going forward this season, I think that's the one thing perhaps holding him back. I think a premiership club will look at those tactics until he, can start developing Swansea more as an attacking force. They got away with a lot of games by just staying in them defensively. Which they couldn't do on Saturday. I, I'm not sure what he'd be picked up just yet. Having said that, these last two years he's proven credentials of working with a low budget, you know, and that mm. suits a club like Crystal Palace, perhaps West Brom now as well. So if there is a bigger club there who will Offering much more money than Swansea do, let's be blunt about that, and who wants someone proven and working with a small transfer budget is, is headed bound to be turned. You know, it was a Graham Potter, it was a Brendan Rogers. So, you know, I hope he's still there. I think he certainly deserves to be there. He's done a fantastic job in difficult circumstances. But it, again, it's, it's an area of ambiguity at this point. Um, Gordon, I'm just wondering, actually,
2: if there was a vacancy at Swansea. Is there any chance that the the man who managed Newport today and, and lost 1-0 against Morecambe, mm. Michael Flynn, could be a contender? I think he's a really good manager uh, down, down the leagues. So they, they pushed Tottenham in the FA Cup a few years ago, and I've been impressed with him. Uh, Newport were a bit unlucky today to lose to Morecambe. He's someone who, who's done a good job. I think Swansea will just have one eye just on, on who might be on their list should Cooper leave.
4: Uh, at the end of the day, Cooper's still there. We can't make uh, assumptions who's going to jump into that seat uh, at the Liberty Stadium. I... Th- personally feel like it's important that Swansea hold on to Steve Cooper. But um, as Fraser's just pointed out, he could be um, headhunted uh, elsewhere and um, it would be a, a crying shame if he lost him because he has so many links with uh, younger players at, uh, at other clubs that mm. he can help Swansea next season, hopefully fulfill their dream and re- reach the premiership. So I wouldn't like to say who would come in charge if he left. Um, You know, there's probably quite a lot of candidates out of work at this moment in time. But I just feel that he is the right fit for Swansea at this moment in time. It's going to be a difficult season next season, as Fraser's just explained with the finances and players leaving. So with his contacts, I think it's important that he can get some more loan deals and keep the momentum going for next season. So that's what I'm hoping will happen.
3: Mm. And I think you've inadvertently... Stumbled across another critical point, Ben. Talk about Newport County is concerning for their fans today. and Mike Flynn refused to actually confirm that he would be still at the club for the next season, started in August. Mm. They'll be very, very nervous about that situation now. He's done a tremendous job there, and you feel he's got them twice on the brink of going up. You feel like they need him there to take that next step, you know. And I'm surprised that he hasn't been pouted for bigger jobs already, but it's, it's a nervous few, few months yeah. ahead. The Newport County fans fit. I, I think. I think yeah. if you
2: look at managers in the lower leagues and in League Two, he, he'd be one. We'd you think are yeah. doing a really good job in Newport, no doubt about it. Uh, give us your thoughts on the Facebook page. What, what did you make of Swansea uh, losing in the playoff finals? What, what we should say is they were beaten by a, a pretty good side. How do we how do we think Brentford are going to do? Um, and with Norwich and Watford going up as well, uh, do either of you think uh, I, any of those three teams will stay up? That's I think that's where we have to start. Do, do you think they, they have a chance? I think you have to ask the question, Gordon. When teams
4: go up into well, the it is difficult. I mean, every season the teams that go up do struggle mm. when they're in the Premier League. I have to take my hats off to Leeds United, who have yeah. done a brilliant job. I think they finished nine in the ninth in the Premiership after coming up last season. Yeah. But the sides coming into the Premiership are up against really quality players and. Um, Yes, I'd like to see the the bees Brentford do well. They they play a, a nice style of football, attacking football. And um, but it's always going to be a difficult difficult ask for any of those sides coming up to be able to stay in that league. Um, it's it's such a divide, isn't it? You've got the top sides like your Liverpool's, your Man United's, your Everton's, and then you've got middle tier sides as well. I don't know. It'll be difficult. They do well to stay in this Premiership. Yeah. Whereas when Swansea did go up in 2011, they did have seven seasons when they were only expected to have one. So
2: uh, things do do happen, don't they? You know, and It's difficult. Yeah. What, what would you yeah. say, Fraser? Would you say any of those three, would they, would they all come back down? Do they have a chance of staying up?
3: I think say Norwich are... are well-equipped out of the three. I think a lot could depend on Hundula. I don't think Tripp, whether he goes back to Tottenham or not, he's been crucial for them this season. Yeah, but good. I think Norwich certainly have the manager, have the experience at that level, and have the squad that, that, that is good enough to stay up. Brentford will be interesting now, because will they go up and have the strength of conviction to play like they have? We've seen Leeds do it this season and, and actually be successful with it. They'll, become, they'll breath of fresh air, footballing-wise. It pains me to say it after Saturday, but we've got to admit that. They attack yeah. you. They look to go on the counter and you know they will come forward in waves. That's the philosophy of, of Thomas Frank and the way they play. So, I certainly think there'll be a breath, breath of fresh air in the mm. premiership. That's, that's for certain, Ben. But where they can stay up, be very difficult. I think Norwich are probably the best bet.
2: Yeah, we shall see. I've I, I had to make a prediction right now. I, I'm going to say all three will come back down because it's mm. going to be very difficult. I think it's going to be and very difficult. All of three course,
3: of even Tony has been. How to do the move to a Premiership club yeah. anyway? Hasn't he? So whether he now stays at Brentford or goes, that could be critical because he's such a good goal scorer. I think he would do well at the top level.
2: Yeah, and the reason I say that, you just got to try and work out who they would finish above, and I, I think it will be difficult. Mm. Um, let's get some more views on that, and also, what did you think of the, the Champions League final on Saturday as well? It was a, a miserable couple of days for for both Manchester clubs, Gordon, wasn't yeah. it? it definitely was man united lost in
4: the europa league and uh, they were very disappointed, which we spoke about on saturday morning ben but uh, you have to give credit to uh, Villarreal. Uh, they they got the, the the one goal that mattered and uh, they won the game i predicted manchester city would actually beat chelsea but yep. again they um, i i did also say that chelsea's tactics would be probably spot on with tuchel and they were oh, that
0: sounds um, like a you very-
2: Sounds like some fence-sitting there then, Gordon. You what? It sounds like some fence-sitting there. You predicted a Man City win, but also called a Tuchel tactical masterclass.
4: Well, I did. I did at the same time because it didn't surprise (laughs) me because he is a very, very good manager and um, Chelsea are a very good side. They're solid. Uh, physically solid especially in midfield mm. and I think that's where they sort of uh, got hold of City who were a little bit light there and De Bruyne had a, a nasty knock as well so that didn't help and Aguero came on and the, the fact yeah. you know the fairy tale uh, scoring on his last game to save uh, to save the day or even go on and win it, didn't happen. But you have to give Chelsea full credit. They were the best side on the night.
2: I agree. And Fraser, it was a real tactical masterclass, wasn't it? Two, two, are probably the, well, two of the best managers in the Premier League, I think you could probably say right now. And I thought the, the way Tuchel set Chelsea up was so impressive because Man City normally pick those teams apart, don't they? And they just couldn't. They couldn't find a way through.
3: He stifled them so well, even that second half when you were expecting an avalanche of pressure in the last twenty minutes. It didn't really arrive, certainly not in the way of any clear openings, you know. And you're right, he got it tactically spot on. N'Golo Kante, credit to him, he thirty he gave one of the yeah. great displays I've seen from a defensive midfielder. And it's desperately disappointing for Manchester City. You felt it was almost fate. It seemed like this was going to be their defining night. And, and another year has slipped them by. There'll be question marks over his selection. He tinkered with that. Did he need to do it? I don't know. But yeah, Fred to Chelsea, a masterful display. And, and they'll be a real force, I think, in, the pre- in terms of the Premier League title next season now, not just in the cup competitions.
2: No, it was very impressive. All right, give us your thoughts on that as well. Um, we'll read out some of those messages before nine. Uh, on the way next, we're going to talk to Mickey Phillips. We're going to talk Pembrokeshire cricket and football with Mickey. And before nine, uh, Chris Batsman, Alex Bailey, who scored 167 on Saturday, will be with us as we have a look back on some of the stories from the weekend's cricket. That's all to come right here for Monday evening on Pure
5: West Sports. The power of radio. Bad weather at the racetrack. then there is really no more intimate, creative or cost-effective way than using radio. So to find out more about advertising on Pure West Radio, email studio at purewestradio.com. And we won't send our fire-breathing, water toaster-popping crowd over to see you. Yeah, and once again, that's not real. Radio advertising. Try it today. You
0: can listen to Pure West Radio anywhere. In the kitchen, in the bath, in the garden, on the sofa... I'm sipping wine sip, sip in a row, trip, trip, I look too, good, look too good, good to be alone, my house clean, house clean. my pool warm, pool warm. just shake, smooth like a newborn, we should be dancing
2: Monday evening and it's Pure West Radio. This is Pure West Sport with G&G Builders. I'm Ben Stone, got Fraser Watson and Gordon Thomas for company on the show. We want your thoughts on Swansea's disappointing playoff final result on Saturday and also the Champions League as well with uh, Manchester City losing to Chelsea by a goal to nil. Uh, Bill Khan, we're hoping will join us before nine. We, we, we shall see. Uh, he has invited someone to join us on the show though and they're not turned up, but that doesn't matter. We're going to talk to Mickey <laughs> Phillips Eddie Anyway, uh Mickey turned out for Haverford West in the cricket at the weekend, but he's also treasurer of the Pembrokeshire Football League. So plenty to talk about. Uh, evening Mickey, how are you? Uh very good. Thanks, Ben. Yeah, yeah, it well. Good between stuff. now and we, we do like to hear from, from people who come on the show who played sport at the weekend. So uh, you played for which Haverford West team on Saturday? And how did you get on? Um, I played for Haverford
6: West seconds, only because I mean I'm 60 now and I, I sort of don't want to play anymore. And um, we got a WhatsApp group and they were desperately short the weekend. So I made this stupid mistake of saying, oh, look, I'd play if you're desperate. Uh-oh. So I ended up playing for the second. But um, I I'm, <laughs> I just
4: fielded, really. That's all I, that's all I could do these days. Oh, um, you're, you're always a man who can't say no, Mickey Phillips. Did yeah, you actually no. you, you you bowl on Saturday, mate?
6: No, I didn't. I didn't. So I, I was asked. Nigel Morgan was captain. Um, asked me, would I, did I fancy a bowl? I said, let the kids carry on. Yeah, <laughs> you were no just
4: stiff, in... fearful you'd be stiff for about a fortnight, mate. Well... I know what you mean. I feel exactly <laughs> the same these
6: days. Yeah. No, I, I think my view is, you know, the, the boys who want to play, let yeah. them play. Um, you know, I was there, I would have batted if required, but I was quite happy to bat number 11 as well. It's it's just about, you know, we, we do a fantastic job in after this to get four sides out. And, yeah. um you know, sometimes I think people should try and put themselves out a bit more to help out. So uh, mm. I'm still prepared to do that, but that's, you know, hopefully that could be my only game of the season. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Might keep your pace, Mickey. You know, playing again next weekend. Well, that's right. <laughs> I, I, not out and didn't consider. I, I did drop a catch, no in all I dropped uh, um, the boy who scored 70, um, uh, Toby Poole, who batted really well. He looked, he's a quality batsman. And uh, I dropped him. So uh, that was about my
2: highlights. (laughs) (laughs) On a a serious note, though, it's really good that we've said this over the last couple of weeks. It's great to have sport back in Pembroke on a Saturday, and cricket is something that is so important to the county, isn't it? So it's great that we're back playing now.
6: Oh, definitely. I mean, uh, I played sports since I was, well, football since I was 16 and cricket since I was 25. I served on the Pembroke County Cricket Committee as well, and um, oh, it's great! It's it's you know, it does so much for the economy and everything in Pembroke. It is great to see. So, uh, yeah, let's hope it continues, and you know, let's hope the football's back in September.
2: Good stuff, and actually, Fraser, it's it's the football that we also wanted to talk to, to Mickey about, wasn't it? Because uh, we're gradually seeing restrictions ease, and, and we're gradually seeing sports make a comeback.
3: That's right, and Mick, we've got this. Potential start, date and we, the new Pembroke Football League season, September the 4th or 5th, which we all hope, fingers crossed, will be a smooth ride until then. There'll be no disruption. But I do have to ask, given obviously in light of what's been in the last couple of years, is there any kind of contingency plan if, if things are disrupted, um, the potential second wave?
6: Um, there's no plan at the moment. I mean, we we don't meet much as a committee these days because obviously, you know, we have had a couple of Zoom meetings. Brian Hawkins has set them up. But there's no contingency at the moment. I think, yeah, I think Carmarthenshire were be talking about starting their season possibly the end of July. But that doesn't work in Premiership. You've got too many boys who play both sports. You've got mm-hmm. too many grounds that share grounds as so, well. Yeah. So we haven't really got an option in Premiership. We have to start in. You know, we have started in late August in the past midweek games. So um, I think that's what Kamala should view Is oh, we start a bit earlier, and if there is a problem, then we'll have got we'll be a bit further ahead. But that's there's no plan for that in Premiership at the moment. But uh, I know Brian set up the AGM now for a couple of weeks, so I'm sure it'll be discussed. Um, but I say it's awkward in Premiership because, you know, you look, at, you look at some of the clubs, like your Carus and your Kilgettys, mm-hmm. they, they, they share grounds, they share facilities and, you know, it is difficult for them. So, no, let's just hope. Eh? I mean, we, you know, we did reduce the size of the league a couple of years ago from 14 to 12, which should help. Um, so, I, you know, I think it's very much a case of play by year at the moment. If we do
4: return, Mickey, if we do return in September, fingers crossed it all goes well. Are you worried that we may not have as many teams uh, as you have got at this moment in time? What I'm saying is about participation. Do you think we lose any players because of uh, this uh, pandemic? Uh, Other people, you know, boys have found other things to do on Saturday afternoons. um, Or are we going to get straight back into it and everything will be fine?
6: Um, the way what I've heard is that there's one or two new sides want to enter the league, want to come back in, which is uh, oh. um, Villa being one, they, they've got a good youth set up. Uh, and those boys are now old enough to play senior football. So, I, I think with football, God, it's it's an hour and a half on a Saturday, it's not like the cricket, the cricket is a big commitment, isn't it? Yes. You know, you start in August one and sometimes you finish at eight o'clock. Yeah. Um, I thought cricket might have uh, struggled. Well, it has over the last couple of years, hasn't it? But you know, we've uh, we're not at the peaks we were. I think when I was secretary of the league as well as treasurer, I think we had seventy six teams in. You know, we're now down to sixty odd, sixty two, something yeah. like that. So, it, so yeah. it, it has dropped. But I do no, know. I, I get the feeling with football, it'll still be quite healthy and and people will be. Looking forward to playing again, excellent yeah, well, yeah. I think, yeah, I think okay. what might be, might be more of an issue might be the referee situation because mm-hmm. you know right. we, we had we had an old batch of referees anyway, um and i I think we might lose one or two al- along the way there, I think you know, um yeah, people would say, well, you know, I've had it twelve months, eighteen months <laughs> off, I ain't gonna bother, but you know, fingers crossed.
3: Why is that situation arise, do you think making obviously we've seen a similar one, haven't we, with umpire and country quickly as well, let's be honest, whereas perhaps the rugby to national board, the WU a bit well stocked. But you know, compared to when yourself when you were playing younger career, why is there a shorter officials? Is it simply a case of people just not wanting to take up the whistle anymore?
6: <laughs>
3: well, having refereed as well,
6: uh, Fraser, um,
3: and <laughs> mm. refereed commanders, I can
6: understand why people won't do it. Um yeah. the level of abuse. You know, I, I you know I would have played in well, around the same time as Gordon. You know, uh, early eighties, late seventies, and you know you, you'd have your run-ins with referees, but you respected them at the end of the day. Yeah, I, I don't think that's there anymore. I don't think they, you know, they the, they have to put up with a lot of hassle. Yes. Um, uh, you know, people say, oh, well, this football, you know, you're allowed to do it in football. It shouldn't be allowed, and no. um, that's why we're losing referees. I think it's just it's too much hassle. Um, you know when i've been refereeing in which is very similar to Pembrokeshire. they're in exactly the same situation as us now i think there's
2: a lot of old boys still doing it but there's not many good uh, not many young ones
6: coming through i'm afraid
2: what what can you do about that mickey is that something that you work with your clubs on is it is it something to, to recruit more officials what, what what can be done about that because that is that is a worry isn't it for the long term future of the game in Pembrokeshire?
6: yeah oh yeah i mean fears to Brian hawkins he tries he tells the clubs it's up to the clubs to provide these these people um, I say going back to when I played, I very, very, really didn't. We have a referee, um, mm. but these days you can cover the top two and a half divisions. So divisions four and five, they got to find their own boys, and that is not easy being a club club referee. But I, I don't know. I, I don't. There's no easy answer. It's just people's attitudes have changed, didn't they? They, they, yeah. they don't. they don't want to put anything back in. I mean, I say I refereed. I was never a career referee. I refereed because I felt I had to put something back in. And um, I look back and I wonder why he did it.
2: But uh... <laughs> <laughs> one thing we we have seen, and Fraser, we were we, we were talking about this it, off air, weren't we? As well, and, and Gordon, uh, junior football making a return as well, and, and that's also an important aspect to to the work that goes on in Pembrokeshire because that's all about bringing through the next generation of players who will go on and hopefully keep the Pembrokeshire Football League going for for many years to come. That's that's been a, able to return ahead of the senior game, hasn't it?
6: Yes, there has. I mean, you know, they've looked at a bit of mini-football. You know, uh, Trevor Morgan, who does the mini-football, does a fantastic job. Uh, Phil Dernalds does the juniors. Those juniors haven't been back, but the minis have been back playing. Um, Yeah, junior football is still very um, buoyant in Pembrokeshire. Up until the age of 15, 16, where the Mm. boys start sort of tapering off a bit, not quite so enthusiastic. Um, I think the last couple of years we've only had four or five teams in division in the under sixteen league, but um, but lower leagues, mini football and junior football, yes, still very very popular and and very well organised by by say
4: Trevor and, and uh, Phil Denold. I'm glad you touched on that, Mickey. It, it just seems unbelievable. Kids are playing from the age of seven up to the age of fourteen, fifteen. Obviously, their attitude changed at that, uh, you know, uh, they're thinking of uh, girls and beer at that age, I think, (laughs) But There was uh, a fine competition that the Pemex League ran, which you are well aware of, the Wiltshire Youth Cup, which was for under-17 sides. And that was a phenomenal cup many years ago where most clubs entered teams. And now you're saying we can't even enter one team at under-17 level. I think now, that's a crying shame. Yeah, I, I know when I played in the Wiltshire Cup,
6: um, we lost in the semi-final to uh, New Edge's Saunders Putt. Probably one of the lowest moments of my football career. And mm-hmm, yeah. the time. But it was yeah. the Wiltshire Cup final. It was a massive competition. I think it the was. last couple, last couple of years we've tried to, to run it, we've had three or four teams enter. Well, it doesn't make sense to run a, a cup no. competition with three teams, does no. it? No, um, no, You know, I, we've looked at change in the age group. Uh, it's, I don't know. I'd love to see it come back because the actual cup is probably one of the best cups uh, in Pembrokeshire, or for football cups. It's a fantastic trophy. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. it's... It sits in months with the jewelers, and that's where it stays. But yeah, oh, I'd be lovely to see that come back. What I must admit, I'd love to see. Yeah, that.
3: I agree, mate. I would they, agree. They're prestigious occasions, you know. I, I was I was fortunate to play in two, which kept finals, and still fondly remember the one. No one is the regrets about the one they lost. The one I lost, you know. Still, still <laughs> talk about it with the players who played that night. Now, it really is a shame that that occasion has been taken away. I think yeah uh, from Pembrokeshire football because that was almost it helped as a stepping stone. If you had people wanting to be involved at 16, 17, aiming for a Wiltshire Cup trophy, that then fed on to senior football, you know, and, and losing that that bridge almost between junior and senior, I think it is, is what's had a, a poor effect on numbers, I think, on us in the last couple of seasons.
6: Yeah, I mean, you know, it is it is similar with the cricket from that uh Yeah, the Ormond, youth, course, yeah. the Ormond Youth, of course. It's, the Ormond Youth is still it's still better than the football, but, you know, I know in my own club year after I I played for, well, for the last 30, 40 years, whatever. <clears throat> There's a lot of kids have come through to the age of 14, 15, have been coached superbly well by the Pempshire uh, Association of Cricket Coaches, mm. but they get to 15 or 16. And we don't see him. You know, you might see him mm. in the in the club on a Saturday having a beer. But, you know, I mean, I shouldn't have been out there playing yesterday, really. You know, 60, although there's a guy played for Kilgetty. Brian Slate, is it? you know him? I, I don't know the guy. He's <laughs> okay, 76. Yeah. 76. Yeah. <laughs> incredible. Gordon, yeah, this um, hope for you, yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, I'm, I am thinking about making a comeback, mate. honestly. <laughs>
4: yeah, well... I, as long I, as this... Only 2020 I want to play, <laughs>
6: mate. Uh, I, well, you'd say in the lower leagues... I made the mistake with green to play for the seconds or I asked for leave the seconds. That's 45 hours. In the in the lower leagues, it's 35 now. That would have been made a lot far more sense to me because after the <laughs> yeah. 45, yeah. I was shattered. <laughs> yeah.
2: It's well, listen, anything we can do to help on this show, we, we love yeah. talking about Pembrokeshire sports, so we'll look forward to being able to talk about football once it resumes. I uh, just find the final question for me, really. How how frustrating and challenging is it for administrators because you're going to have to look through COVID regulations, of course, and and consider whether they'll have to be in play. Then you have to work with your clubs. It, it's a, a different time to be doing this sort of thing, and 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 it's been difficult, I imagine, the last year or so, Mickey.
6: Yeah, yeah, we're we're lucky. We so said we've got Brian Hawkins, and he's uh, backed up by Trevor Morgan's on that, and they've both got their finger on the pulse. I mean, they, you know, they really go into it in some detail. Uh, as a treasurer, I'm just—I'm only good at counting the money. So
4: uh, <laughs> I found it
0: easy the last year. <laughs>
6: yeah. <laughs> yeah, true I think not. you're undervaluing yourself. Yeah, I think so term.
0: too.
6: <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's you know something we've talked about. That we, if football does come back, I wouldn't be that comfortable collecting three pounds in coins from people. So we'd have to look at that. We're going to have to look at um, contactless or something, because you'll hmm. be amazed when people come into those finals and say. What three pound cash? I don't. I don't carry cash now. Yeah. since, since the other ones. Yeah, but yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, but I say you know, I, I, you, this to Brian, I say and Trevor, they're both on the West Wales. You know, they, they are really got finger on the pulse, and uh, yeah. I think I think we will get it back in. And we'll so you're going to bring
4: in. in a new system, tap and go. Tap and go. That's right. Yeah, and don't, you don't get a receipt. And if the game's
6: abandoned,
2: tough luck. <laughs> good stuff. Well, listen, Mickey, I hope all goes well as you head towards the AGM in June. And, and we'll be looking yep. forward to talking about that when we, we get some good news uh, from that and we, we get to see what the season will look like. Keep up the good work. Good luck with the rest of the cricket season after your fine performance yeah. on the weekend. <laughs> by all accounts. Yes, thank you, Beth. Yeah, and, and really good to have you on the show. You're welcome anytime. Thank you very much indeed for your time. And we are going to finish the show in the final part by talking to a Criselli batsman Alex Bailey who hit 167 for Criselli on Saturday they had a big win and we'll be talking to him and looking at some of the other headlines from the weekend's cricket next on Pure West Sport Clicking elect Class (laughs) 6
1: Mum's Taxi Singalongs Late Night Drive through Disco Match your driving soundtrack to your mood by taking all your favourite radio stations and podcasts with you on the road It's as easy as connecting your smartphone to your car stereo to listen on your favorite station app or radio app. Join radio's digital revolution. Find out how at getdigitalradio.com
6: Play. Pick your own adventure at Folly Farm.
0: This is Pure West Radio. She's all laid up in bed with a broken heart While I'm drinking Jack all alone in my local bar And we don't know how How we got into this mad situation Only doing things out of frustration Trying to make it work, but man, these times are hard Can't seem to find the time I got a new job now On the unemployment line And we don't know how How we got into this mess Is a God's test Someone help us Cause we're doing our best Trying to make it work And man, these times are hard But we're gonna stop by Drinking old cheap bottles of wine Sit talking up all night Saying things we haven't for a while why, yeah. we're smiling but we're close to tears, even after all these years, we just now got the feeling that we're meeting for the first time. You work when it hurts When you pick yourself up You get kicked to the dirt yeah. Trying to make it work man, these times are hard But we're gonna stop by Drinking old cheap bottles of so wine Sit talking up all night up all night saying things we haven't for a while we're smiling but we're close to tears even after all those years we just now got the feeling that we're meeting for the first time
2: runs. Uh, Saundersfoot were beaten by Nayland by seven wickets. Uh, Lerene beat St Ishmals by ten wickets. And Crisele, 303 for eight, beat Haverford West by 207 runs. We're going to talk to the man who scored 167 of those runs uh, for Crisele. He's just connecting. So just whilst we do that, uh, Fraser, there was quite a a, a shift in results really across all all the divisions, wasn't there? And uh, looking at some of the the results in Division One in particular, that Crisele score, 303, was Really impressive, and then we also had at the other end, uh, Saint Ishmael's bowled out for thirty-six, quite a range.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting how pitch is played on Saturday it was a sunny day, and yet there was quite a rain about in the week and there was dampness. But no, obviously, one guy who, who didn't seem to suffer from a bad pitch was the, the man with this now, Alex Bailey, 167 not out, and it's over 303 for eight, 120 of them in boundaries, 16 sixes and six fours, which is more boundaries than I've ever hit in my career, and they're <laughs> let alone in one day for sure. But Alex, I know you, you've had some good knocks over the years. You've had centuries before, you've been man of the match in the Harris Landon final. But Saturday, where did that rank? in your cricket thing life so far
7: um yeah it's definitely up there i haven't actually had a hundred for 115 before so trying to get that one out, out of the way for a while and then yeah last few over just cashed in and somehow ended up on 167 but, yeah pretty buzzing with that.
3: when you're when you're attacking in that fashion is it a case where you just you sense you're onto something and you just went with it were you conscious that you may be passing 50 passing 100 or so on or were you just in, in the mode really the attacking mode
7: yeah, I think so. I think, you know, Chris is such a nice wicket to bat on and Carmel end such a short boundary. I was looking at Half-West team and I was thinking they only have five bowlers and one of them got injured, so they're going to have to find some, some overs from mm-hmm. somewhere. And then the last 10 overs, yeah, just cashed in really.
3: And um, just for a passage to Gordon and Ben, now with the questions from them. in terms of obviously a big day for yourself, an important win for the team, wasn't it? Because um, you had that unfortunate situation where you were reigned off in Clefery, that allowed others to steal a march on you, nailing the top. We all know their credentials. They don't give up big title leads either. So it was important that you didn't fall any further behind and made a quick response to to that blow last week.
7: Yeah, definitely. It was a big win for us because half of us, I think, they were above us in the league because our game was called off last week before the game started. So... To beat them by 200 runs, I think it shows what strong team we've got this year and hopefully we can push uh, Nayland all the way in the league. And obviously, Lorraine and Carey will be up there as well. Sure. Definitely, that's
4: Thank a God. statement there, uh, uh, Alex. That result is a real statement yeah. around the county. Uh, I, I know there's always a lot of runs on your ground, because so, Glyncold does such a tremendous job with the wicket there, it has to be said. And there is a, a, a smaller boundary as well. But you still have to produce the goods. And uh, I, are you confident that you... Um, as a team, I've got a good chance of winning the um, the league this season. Do you fancy your chances, or are you going to concentrate on cup cricket?
7: I think we've got a chance in in every competition, to be honest, with the squad we got this year. Normally, we got we got a decent squad, good eleven, but now it seems that like we have got a good, you know, thirteen or fourteen boys pushing for places. Now mm. played Saturday without you know Mike Shaw and Tom Murphy playing, two of our best bowlers probably. So you know, we've got such a strength and depth now in our teams. So hopefully, we can push. Yeah, I think Nayland are the team that we're looking to push close in every competition.
2: One of our regular listeners, Franny, has said that we all look sunburnt today. Um, but on a serious <laughs> note, Alex, I think we do, actually. We all look like we've caught the sun. Alex, what was it like batting on Saturday? Because it was warmer. So, th- Were you feeling it by the end of your innings?
7: Yeah, definitely. I had uh, plenty of um, drinks breaks. I do not bat without a, a helmet or a hat on, so that's probably why I'm looking so big today. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it was hard work out there. It was a long innings.
3: Good stuff. Um, uh, go on, Fraser. No, I was just going to ask Touch on from Saturday. We've brought a big change of Hampshire cricket this year. and We were the win lose cricket coming in. Um, it's been sought after for a long time. Are you finding yourself in games making a difference, perhaps with decisions at the toss or, or the way you set out now? Because teams now aren't afraid to to go out that big, look at big totals, knowing that the teams can't hold on for losing draws and deny them points
7: in reply. Is it changed your mentality playing, and also your side's mentality too? Yeah, I think definitely for us because we've we've always been a strong bat inside. So yeah. You know, when, if we'd have scored 300 a couple of years ago, they might have just blocked out and we wouldn't have got the full points, which I think you know, the, the rules had to be changed for a while now. So we, we knew going out there, they, they had to come out and attack really and not just step back and you know be nine down at the end, but 200 runs behind us and take some draw points off us. And mm. I think mean, it's definitely changed change for the better, that rule. I I know you got league cricket on
4: Saturday, uh, Alex, but Sunday you're playing Nayland in the National Village Cup
7: final. So uh, are you looking forward to that? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's always always a good game. I enjoy playing the Village Cup. But I do think the competition's losses appeal a little bit, letting towns like like Nayland into it. but yeah, we'll go out there and do our best and then hopefully we progress because we had a few good runs in the competition and it's always good, good away trips and that. Yeah, it's,
2: yeah. Uh, does that still end at Lord's, that
7: competition? Yeah, I think so.
2: Always has done. Yeah, that's interesting. So it, and it's been opened up now, so, so more non villages, as it were, uh, are, are allowed to play. Yeah, the, but, the
3: weird village is in the bit a little bit now, I think, isn't it? But,
2: yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, do you think you'll give Nayland a run, though, Alex, in, in, that, in that competition?
7: Yeah, I think we'll have a, a strong side up Sunday, so um, yeah, we'll give it a good go. I think I think it's in Naylor, which is always a hard place to go and win, but yeah, I, f- I fancy our chances.
2: And on Saturday, we we always like to ask this as well to, to people who've had a, a a good Saturday and a good innings. Did at what point did you feel like it was going to be your best innings for the first team? Did did you at what point did you think, yeah, this is going to be my afternoon when you got into that zone and, and the runs kept coming?
7: Um. That's I was a bit slow starting off. I went in at 30 for three, and me and Matt Morgan put on a decent partnership. And it was only when I got to about 70, 80, then I started uh, seeing it really well, and just the sixes started coming out then. But um, yeah, say from 70, 80 onwards, I felt very confident. That I wasn't going to get out. Oh, good stuff.
2: Excellent. Well, listen, well done on, on your your top score for for the first. Excellent effort. Good luck for the the rest of the season. Uh, sent Ishmaels away on Saturday, then then Nayland in the in the Village Cup on Sunday. So hopefully you'll have an even better weekend next time out.
7: Yeah, hope so. Thanks for having me on. Excellent. Hopefully, we'll get you again. on. Alex. Yeah, well good done. stuff. Thank you very good much, Alex, can, for,
2: for being with us on Pure West Sport this evening. And we're going to be continuing that through the season, talking to people who've had impressive weekends in the cricket. Maybe Fraser,
3: you, you might be one of our guests at some point during the season. Well, I haven't Ryan. lost the season. I haven't batted either, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I um, fortunately we did bat first on Saturday, and like Alex has said, we did we did put on a lot of runs, which meant I could. Could watch the uh, the playoff final while I was while I was waiting on the side. So <laughs> the, the uh, byproduct of that is I went out to field in a foul mood. <laughs> uh, yes, <laughs> it wasn't a, it. felt a very long day in Nayland despite us winning. Walking off the pitch, it's quarter past seven. I'll be honest.
2: Just, just looking at some of the other Division One stories, and we, we we mentioned the results. Nayland still look good, don't they? They're they're still top mm-hmm. of the table. Quite a, a convincing seven wicket win against Saundersfoot on on
3: Saturday. They they look the team to beat still. They do, but I feel credit to Lorraine as well. I thought perhaps that two-year period they had, they reached back-to-back back Harrison Allen finals and the Dougie Morris final, lost all three, unfortunately. I thought then that might knock the stuffing out of them, and maybe they'd missed their chance to compete. But they haven't. They've lost Braden you know, Nidemic Jenkins, Airport and Curtis Martian, and they're right they're pushing Nayland as well, and pushed them right close in the Village Cup on Sunday too. So, so credit to them that they've been building something before COVID and have picked up where they left off. I mentioned.
4: And I never underestimate Kero either, lads, no, because no. Uh, they can beat any side on the day. And and let's not forget, Tim Hicks, he struck 128 uh, not yeah, out on class, Saturday.
2: Not. So well yeah. done, Mr. Hicks. That's a good knock. I mentioned as well that there was a real range of scores in all the divisions. Gordon, you said you were, watched some of the Division 2 games as well. A uh, word for Langham, who, who racked up a big win as well. They beat him. Mr. Stephen
4: to... Inwood. Yeah, yeah a they, quality they,
2: player. They beat Quality's... them by 248 runs. Langham scored yeah. 298 for six before bowling yeah. out her brands. That's a great effort as well.
4: Yeah, Stephen Inwood is a class actor. I remember watching him as a kid at the Swalek Stadium playing for the county and in, in the century. I thought he was going to go all the way. He actually played in the same English England team as Joe Root and Josh Butler, so he 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 is a quality player. So Langham have, uh, are going to be some side with Steve Mills there as well, and uh, you know the boys they already got there, the Brocks and all them. They, they're going to be a formidable uh, team. And we spoke to um, um, Mr. What's his name <laughs> last week? I'm, I'm losing it. I am um, Young Joe. Young Joe last okay. week. Oh, uh, yeah. Tiff, yeah, yeah. Uh, he, you know, he's, he was quite confident they're going to go for it in the cup uh, competitions. And with the quality of players they got, they, they could produce some shock mm. results along the way.
3: Yeah. Well, they're, a, they're a Division 1 batting line playing in Division 2 it would be amazing if not yeah. win that league and go up I'll be
2: honest just, just one interesting one phrase as well we, we said about St Ishwell's struggled with their first in, in Division 1 uh, but in Division 3 uh, St Ishwell's seconds actually had a, a thumping win uh, they, they beat Langham by 97 runs St Ishwell's racked up 257 for one you just wonder whether the team selection yeah. is well, rare. I think the selectors
3: yeah. may have some things to discuss <laughs> in St Ishwell's, but the first team actually struggled and they look quite ragged at the moment that was obviously a poor display for them. And so in the second, we should mention of course another individual former Carl Reed, great opening batsman for Tish and Halford West back in the day. He knocked 163, you know, and, and Carl doesn't run quite as uh, nifty as he used to so I don't imagine it, that there was too much by the way of stroke singles there I mean that was quite aerial as well but yeah fantastic innings from him but like you said it was a real mix on Saturday yeah. but his first team will be concerned now I think it's to go and fold like that it's some worrying signs he already had that surprising defeat against Johnson yeah. Division 3 side and Harrison Allen so they'll need to get things together pretty soon
2: and uh, we should mention Division 4 as well because Fraser who were top of Division 4 as we speak Sanriette second. seconds yeah, that's yeah. right say (laughs) nothing speak to me in August End the season now yeah so Chlamourine top the the table Uh, and also a couple of interesting ones in in Division 5 as well there was some uh, interesting results and big scores as well again Pembroke Dock seconds were winners by 130 runs against Statpole seconds so right across uh, across the division Saturday was a good one and there was some some good things to happen so we will focus always in the third part on how uh, the Pembrokeshire cricket season has gone and we'll be talking to people who've had good Saturdays throughout the season so if you want to know what's going on. If you want to feature, uh, do get in touch with us. I think we should finish as we head towards nine o'clock, chaps, by just looking ahead to the Euros because they'll be getting underway in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, Wales confirmed their squad um, yesterday. There was one change today. That the headline news really, uh, Fraser, with the initial squad that Rob Page named, was the fact that uh, someone who was a hero in 2016, how, how Robson County wasn't included in this squad. What, what, what do you make of Wales' chances now that they've confirmed their
3: 26? I still think the Welsh are starting a line-up. Potential starting at 11 looks strong, Ben. High hopes they can do well. I think there is a lot of ambiguity, though, resting there to be a bit perhaps nervous about. Aaron Ramsey's not had a lot of football, neither is Joe Allen, neither is Gareth Bay. You're talking arguably oh, three of your most high profile um, performance there. Aren't you perhaps going into the championship undercut? Uh, I'm not surprised about Hal Robson-Kanu's omission. Uh, I think it was a bit of a strange situation where he retired mm-hmm. and then came back. But he scored just one Premiership goal all season. And whatever you say about experience, I don't think you, you can you can carry that going in. I think you know they've named 26 um, young Josh perhaps, and perhaps lucky to miss out as well. But look, I think they certainly have a good chance of getting through the group. It's a lot easier to get through a European group now. They've opened up to third places, haven't they? As well as the top two, um, and and the nature of you look at Switzerland, Turkey, Italy. It's very achievable that Wales will get into the knockouts. And as we know from five years ago, if you can pick up momentum oh. in the knockouts, you just never know. Wow. But I, be <laughs> Fraser believes, Gordon, Fraser yeah. believes. I'd be disappointed if Wales didn't qualify.
4: I He's got more wow. confidence than me because uh, I think uh, Switzerland, yes. Turkey and Italy are really tough games. They're not going to yes. be easy. Mm. And you, you just hit the nail on the head. Our... Talisman players, Allen, Ramsey and Bale have not been playing a lot of mm. football, even though Bale has looked better over the last few uh, weeks. Yeah. Uh, we need uh, experience and uh, quality on the pitch. Uh, obviously, I want Wales to do well, but I, I think
2: they'll struggle to get out of that group, I, if, I, if I'm honest. I think they'll struggle. I think it's a tricky group. Is, is it a harder group? Yeah. Than the, is it a harder yeah. group than the one Wales got out of five years ago, Fraser? Because obviously, uh, Wales only lost one game in the group stages, didn't they? Who was
3: that team? <laughs> <laughs>
4: we don't want
3: to talk I, about I, that I, ter- I turned off on 92 minutes that day <laughs> so, no I, I think there's a lot of similarity to it and Switzerland, are both tough side but I wouldn't say they are markedly better than Slovenia or, or the Russian side that the Wales played that time and Italy obviously aren't the force they were as well I, I do think there's a very good chance of, of Wales coming through that if I'm honest I'd, I'd be disappointed if they don't um, it's a lot will depend on, I think on on the fitness of the players and how how Page sets him up as well. I think he's got enough attacking weapons there in, in the likes of Bale, Dan James for more. He's been so good in the three man attack playing the central role. So I think yeah. no well's got every chance and got the potential uh, of going through. There's so much there's so much rest on the tournament, and uh, how things develop as well, and of course how injuries work out as well. But as always in this, the first the first game is just so crucial. Yeah, the result against Switzerland and it sets them up. We saw that from last time.
2: You make an interesting comment on Italy as well. I think they're actually improving under Mancini. I I think they'll be tough. And if you want a dark horse, I'll give you Italy. So on that note, Fraser's very optimistic. On that note, Gordon and Fraser, who who are we tipping? Who are we tipping to win the Euros with a couple of weeks to go? Belgium. Belgium
4: for Fraser? They'll be there or thereabouts, Belgium. Yeah, I wouldn't argue with that one. I wouldn't argue with that one. You not going to give us another one, according? To um, it? Possibly, Italy could do well. I think um, they might. They're coming good again. You can never. Uh, obviously, Portugal are the holders. You know they they'll be there or thereabouts. Germany have been very disappointing of late.
2: Uh, I can't see outside that really. Actually, I don't want to see outside that. I'd put France in there as well. I mean they they've left out some really good players never mind yeah. picks. Yeah, yeah. interesting we've not mentioned Spain. It's maybe not quite as strong as they have been going into no. this tournament. I no. I, I think you you'd be you'd be foolish to rule them out though. Uh, I also think Portugal will be strong. I think with, with Cristiano Ronaldo as well still at 35. Yeah. I still think he'll be a yeah. star. What do we yeah. think about England? I don't know what
3: do we think about England? I think England have another good chance. If they get it right, they've certainly got the, the personnel. Um, and, and Spain thinking more of a transitional side. But no, England have got a, a dearth of talent there as much as anyone. I think it's, it's a big chance of a major tournament for them. I would say if they're going to have a chance it would be now just because they've got the mm. advantage
2: of the games being at Wembley but it's, it's going to go either way I think we'll have lots more of this um, as, as we kick off the mm. Euros in a couple of weeks I'm looking forward to that and I think between us we've just about mentioned every single team going being in <laughs> not
3: Scotland a, but a good I chance <laughs> <laughs> no, no we didn't
2: we didn't mention Scotland we didn't go quite that far did we uh, Gordon and Fraser thank you ever so much I've really enjoyed your company and uh, the show's back again next Monday I've got Monday off but the guys will be here taking you through I'll be back in a couple of weeks time and on the Way next, it's back to back with Ronnie J and Steve Parsons. So Bank Holiday Monday right here on Pure West.
0: Live from our studios in Haverford West. This is Pure West Radio. Mm.